This is Amplify You, the podcast about you discovering your message and broadcasting it to the world. If you're a coach, author, or speaker, you'll want to tune in. If you're looking for the best return on your time investment to get your message out to the world in a bigger way, we're giving you full access and behind the scenes look of how we're running our podcast, how our clients have found success, and what you can do to launch your podcast today. The world needs your message. I'm Michelle Abraham, the host. Join my family as we unleash your unique genius and find the connections you need to launch your adventure today. Join us and let's get amplified. Hey, Amplify You family, it's Michelle Abraham here, your host, and I am bringing you another amazing guest today. Uh, today I have Brody Sharp. You may recognize his last name because we did have his brother on a few weeks ago, Tyson, and it was an awesome interview that Tyson delivered. And today I have his brother Brody with us. Brody is a two, his two podcasts, and Brody, you're a uh, Main main gig in life is of being a physiotherapist, where you help people uh, come overcome injuries, and you're really specializing in the runner. Is that correct? Yeah, so it's the equivalent to like a physical therapist that they have in the states. So a very similar occupation. Yeah, and in Canada here we call them physios. So I think it's the same sort of thing, except for I think in New Zealand where you guys are, or actually you're in Australia, and my friends in New Zealand is a physiotherapist. And in what I'm understanding is in Australia and New Zealand, physios are, are treated more like doctors and like a higher level, really like well-respected, where in Canada, where it's like they're, they're the next level up from personal trainers, which is so disappointing because they have so much more education and so much more value, I think, um, you know, I think that's really cool that you guys are like, you know, really like super, um, super high level in Australia and New Zealand. And when I understand the training is super, super rigorous. Yeah, it's pretty intense. We do have most of our uh, jobs are actually available in hospitals. And there's probably about, um, like when I graduated, I think about 80, 85% graduated straight into hospitals and about 15% went straight into like a private practice clinic, kind of like what most people would think a physio would do. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, very hospital focused as well. Yeah, I love that the healthcare systems integrated them into the hospitals too. I come, mm. my background is in personal training and I had my own studio. And so we was always referring to physios to support with oh, the injuries great. that people were having. And, uh, you know, a lot of that came from running. So I'm sure, sure running, focusing on the running industry is keeping you super busy. Oh yeah, a lot of runners get injured. That's right. Awesome. So let's dive into your podcast. So you've been podcasting for a few years now, is that right? I would say about two and a half years. Yeah. Awesome. And so tell us about the first podcast that you started. So the first one I launched was called the Everyday Running Legends podcast. Mm -hmm. And I started that pretty much because I wanted to integrate running into my life a little bit more. I was working as a physiotherapist and seeing a lot of runners and I was about two or three years into becoming a runner myself and recognized when I would see runners that I'd be super excited and like, overly passionate to discuss uh, their injuries and getting back to running and seeing them get back to running. So I did a couple of things. One, I launched a Facebook group called um, The Voice of Melbourne Runners, where I'm from. And everyone started talking about running and races and that got me super excited. And a couple of them suggested maybe should start a podcast and I was already thinking about it. So um, yeah, just thought I'd just do it as a passion project and took it away. 
That's awesome. I love it. You know, it's interesting. I kind of started the same way in podcasting when I was in the fitness industry. I heard this guy doing fitness podcast interviews. He was interviewing fitness professionals. I was like, I want to do that too. It was like one of my favorite shows. It was like called Fitness Podcast Interviews or something. It was really one of the, the coolest shows. And it's neat because it allows you to really like get to know people and leverage people, uh, the relationships with people that you would maybe you want to meet in your everyday life. Is that kind of the angle you were going at it with your show? Yeah. And I just wanted to um, spark like a lot of motivation, inspiration for runners. And it was kind of tailoring to those recreational runners who they run and either they love running or they need like a bit more of a spark motivation. And so just interviewing anyone and everyone who had a really great running story and mm-hmm in the aim to try and yeah spark some of that motivation that's awesome and so did you do a like a launch of that show or take us through like how did you set that show up and and how did they get going i didn't really know what to do like i didn't know anyone else who had a podcast and just uh looked at a couple of online um like helper guys and things i think i at the time i was looking at pat flynn he had like a a course and JLD, I think, had a free course or something like that and just used their knowledge um, to launch my own. And it was a fairly quick process on my behalf. I'm like, oh, maybe I'll start in a couple of months, like take my time. And I think maybe about eight days later, I had a podcast ready to go <laughs> and just hit the ground running. But it was a steep learning curve. Like every step of the way, you just have to learn a new thing, a new thing, a new thing. And so when I started the second podcast, it was all just like, pre-learned stuff and it was just yeah. like so much less effort yeah way easier so i was looking at your podcast and you have like over 51 reviews which is great and some people find that challenging to get to that level of many reviews did you have any strategy around uh, getting reviews or did you just naturally kind of pick up momentum based on the topic um good question i think most of when i very first started it was friends and family mm-hmm. and just like work colleagues anyone who had an iphone um I just got them to do that and that got me up to maybe around 10 to 15. And then um, from there, a lot of people were reaching out to me through the Facebook group and being like, love your podcast. I'm like, oh, cool. And I just always would mention like, it would mean a lot to me if you can leave a rating review just to let others know uh, the content and how it's affected you, how it's inspired you, that kind of thing. And they just did it as a thanks. Um, So I just made sure to remind them, I guess. And whenever they reached out and said they loved the podcast, it just became an automatic thing that I'd do and just slowly built up, I think. That's awesome. Now, you reached out and like interviewed other running podcast experts as well, or is it just people like more locally that you were uh, reaching out to? It was all online, so anyone mm-hmm. over the world. Mm-hmm. And one of the concerns I had when I first started the podcast, one of the doubts was like, what about if I don't have enough mm-hmm. interviews or what about if a lot of people like decline, that sort of thing. I never had an issue with that. I, mm-hmm. was, I was blown away by the, the type of people I'd have on. And like I'd reach out to someone who's a big deal and they were more than happy to come on for an interview. So anyone looking to start an interview uh, style podcast mm-hmm. and they're worried about that, um, it's really, really cool to show you how receptive people are and how welcoming people are. But yeah, so to answer your question, just like anyone and everyone I would interview, um, even if they were local, I'd still do it over Skype or over Zoom or something. Mm -hmm. And it was people training for their first 5K or it's someone who's done uh, 50 marathons in a row. It's Mm -hmm. like anyone in between. Mm -hmm. And that's cool because those stories like really motivate people and inspire people. That's what I love about the interviews because you are able to 
you know, reach out and talk to people that maybe you wouldn't know their story otherwise. And mm. also really, you know, get to know some really cool people. I love that. So you did most of your networking for that online. Where did you meet people in running groups in online or where were you finding the, the experts? For that um, it was, I think a, a lot of it was social media. A lot of it was just on Instagram, people I follow or mm. on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Sometimes at the start, I just had to Google like some good stories or mm-hmm. come across them. But every now and then, like when it, when the podcast was into the full swing of things, it was either people would naturally appear on my social media and I'd just reach out to them or someone would suggest um, uh, a guest to come on mm-hmm. or someone who I interviewed would mm-hmm. uh, say, oh, this person would be perfect for your podcast. Yeah. And for a whole year and a half of the the podcast, I never once had to actively sit down and look for guests. It was crazy. <laughs> I'd have like a list on my phone of people that are interested or people who I'm interested in who uh, might be potential guests. And it was just going through the list, really. That's awesome. It's like a, yeah. it's a great, great waterfall. Did you ever monetize the podcast? I didn't know. It was mm-hmm. purely just a passion project. Just for fun, yeah. yeah. I love that. And so now you have kind of moved and pivoted over to a new podcast. You want to tell us a little bit about that? And you're about yeah. 40 episodes into that one already. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm loving this new podcast. It's absolutely crazy. The, mm-hmm. the first one was a good passion project mm-hmm. and it was like something I just hit the ground with running and didn't really know a lot about uh, the audience and that kind of stuff. And the two years of knowledge I've built, I've just put straight into this new podcast and this one has really took off. I think I have, um, it's been going for about four or five months now. Mm -hmm. And I think I have about three times the size audience that I did on my previous podcast already. And, uh, so this new one is the run smarter podcast and it's taking on my physio knowledge and a lot of the the knowledge I have with seeing runners running injuries Mm -hmm. because I've recognized that there's a desperation to learn more and runners are so frustrated with reoccurring running injuries. And like we said at the start, a lot of runners get injured, up to 80% of runners get injured in a given year. And a lot of them just want to get back to running, want to get back to running, and they just keep Mm -hmm. getting pushed back by all these injuries. And so providing the solution and being uh, that answer through the podcast is addressing more of a need and a bit more of an urgency rather than uh, just sparking motivation. So I think with that urgency and uh, addressing more of that need, I think Mm -hmm. more people are being drawn to the podcast. Yeah. And I think for positioning too, it seems like it's positioning you really well as a physio and like the expert in like how to run smarter injury free, um, because you're now able to share some of your knowledge. Was that kind of, was that intentional or was that just kind of how it's come out? Yeah, definitely intentional. And Mm -hmm. it was on, on my mind, when I was doing the Everyday Running Legends, I was kind of thinking of doing both at the mm-hmm. same time and thinking, uh, but the more ideas I had about this new podcast, the more time would be spent putting into it. And mm-hmm. the more time I spent into it, the more passion I got for it, and the more excited I got for it. I'm like, mm-hmm. I got to invest full time into this rather than the, the Everyday Running Legends one. So I pretty much like cut ties with that and um, started this new one just, you know, all, all time invested and it is it works really well into the business model and there's a lot of injured runners rather than runners that need to be inspired there's the ones that um, are getting the answers they need or the ones who need more answers they reach out to me on social media and um, ask questions and it's, it really ties in well with the business for sure 
Yeah, that's awesome. And because your physio business is on predominantly online, is that correct? Yeah. So I do work as an employee at a clinic one or two days a week mm-hmm. at the moment, but most of the uh, bulk of my time is spent treating runners online. And uh, yeah, it's amazing the the stuff we can do online these days and the results we're getting is just phenomenal. Yeah. Now, were you doing that prior to like what's happening in the world right now as we're recording? Yeah. Or yeah, jump the gun. If there's one silver lining to this whole craziness yeah. in the world, it's people recognizing um, telehealth and rec- recognizing like online consults, which mm-hmm. they never would have considered before, never would have even known it existed. And I've been starting this I've been seeing online clients for about five months now and yeah, just timed like, well, Perfectly well timed. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, silver lining, but mm-hmm. people are starting to recognize that there are consults that can be done online and how effective it is. And I am seeing some international clients, some from New Zealand. I've had a couple from Canada as well um, who can't see their physio. And so mm-hmm. they're reaching out to the online solution. How great is that? Because now you can uh, you can see people all over the world and uh, make an impact in a bigger way too. And how cool is that for the patient? They don't have to travel to the physio office. You don't have to wait there. You don't have to like yeah. you know take up time out of your day. You can just do it from home. That's really cool. Yeah. I love that uh, telemedicine is becoming more recognized as like you know like there, it's there, it's here. Like let's use it. I think that's awesome. Yeah, and it's um, I think people. Oh, so most people now they come into the console a little bit apprehensive, a little bit like unsure of what's going to happen. And then they see all the stuff we can do and they're just blown away. And they're like, I can't believe I hadn't thought of this beforehand. And they're just like real excited about the results they're getting. And now they have that to compare to um, versus like going into the clinic or, you know, uh, the availability is so much more um, prevalent if you're doing the online solution as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm in a I'm in a co-working space at the moment, and uh, there was a woman that came here last summer, and she was in this room that I'm in right now. I'm sorry for the echoing; it's because it's really like crazy walls in here uh, and cement floors. Not a good podcast recording space. <laughs> we got to do what we got to do in lockdown. And it was right. the, the woman, the woman uh, came in and she was probably in this room for seven hours straight and I could hear her doing physio <laughs> with each <laughs> client every hour in, in here. It was just like something that she was on vacation and so she was using the co-working space to be able to do her uh, physio clients. I thought that, that was ah, awesome. right. so cool being able to do that, you know, so then she could still be on vacation, but also making sure her clients were, you know, kept keeping up with their work, their work and everything, which is cool. Yeah, very cool. Awesome. So let's, uh, let's think back to our, um, beginning the beginning of your podcast and how you got started this time. What were some things you learned from the first show you brought over to the second show that you think has contributed to the success of, um, this one and rocking a lot faster? Um, one of them would be like self-reflection on my interview skills Mm -hmm. and just always listening back to a couple of episodes and seeing what I did well, what I didn't do so well, what I can learn. And I think just as the, the years have gone on, the interviewing style and when I, I do have guests on as well as me having episodes where I'm just talking and educating runners. But um, I think that the quality has improved. So that's just from the, the ground, well, from episode one, the quality has been quite good, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but still learning and still uh, getting rid of my ums and ahs and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> but I think it was re-engineering the or reverse engineering kind of what the audience is after 
mm-hmm. and seeing what or like learning what answers they need, what are they coming to me with, what are their fr- what are their frustrations, and kind of tailoring the podcast around to that mm-hmm. has I think been a great success. And what else? I'm still asking people for reviews uh, here and there, so that's still uh, an automatic kind of thing. As soon as someone reaches out and says they love the podcast and what they've learnt, uh, I have built a Facebook group that kind of um, matches the the podcast as well and so engaging with the audience is always good and asking them questions and asking what they want what episodes they want to hear more about what topics they want is really good just to keep them engaged and yeah it really shows and it's it's awesome to have a guest on and ask the facebook community what questions do you have for them and then Mm. all their all their questions come in and they just feel like they're a part of the podcast and they feel like they're really getting the answers they need and it's really, really helping them. And yeah, as soon as you get results and people can see the benefits, they're, they're going to listen and they're going to listen to every episode. And so um, that's kind of one of the things that I learned with the Everyday Running Legends one. I think people can just start from episode, the episode that they uh, find the podcast and then just keep listening from there. They don't feel a much incentive to go all the way back and listen to mm-hmm. people's stories. But if someone listens to my new podcast and learns how much information they're getting, they want to listen to every single episode because they want to absorb all that information to become a smarter runner. And so that's helped downloads as well because it's um, incentivizing them to yeah, gather all that information that's already been released. Yeah, that's really smart. And I like the name of the podcast too because it's becoming smarter as a runner. So that you Yeah, I've you heard that a couple of times. Yeah, People have commented really on that. <laughs> it's... Um, <laughs> I think I'm not so sure how long it took me to figure out the title, but as soon as I thought of it, I'm like, yes, this is it. Because <laughs> people get injured because they make dumb decisions a lot of the time. And like I said, 80% of those uh, injured runners, most of the time, almost every time that they get injured is because of a training error. And it's because they've done something too soon, too quickly, or made a, a change in their training that wasn't advantageous. And that's where they break down. That's where they get injured. So it's training smarter. It's being smarter. It's being a smarter runner. <laughs> yeah, I love it. And I want to unpack what you said a few minutes ago too about um, the the things that you were doing to get the um, the podcast, the things that you had learned. Um, you were saying a couple of really golden nuggets, and I just want to like make sure our audience is listening to those and then just like we just don't go over, we just don't glaze over that part. So you were saying, I love a good you, recap. Yeah, yeah. So you were saying that you were uh, starting a Facebook group. Did the Facebook group come first or the podcast? Um, oh, it would have been around about the same time. It, it was probably within the, a couple of weeks. Oh, what I did was I um, made an ebook, The 10 mm. Universal Principles to Overcome Any Running Injury. And I went to my already existing Facebook followers and Facebook group and said, mm. if you want this book, jump into the Facebook group. It's become a smarter runner. That's the Facebook group. Mm-hmm. And then you get this ebook. And so people launched, jumped into that. Mm-hmm. And then I think a week later, I launched the podcast and the first 10 episodes of the podcast were each principle. So those 10 principles to overcome any running injury was um, Mm -hmm. each episode. And that's how it all kind of packaged together. 
that's why I wanted to unpack that. I knew there was more to that study. Ah, yes. So huh. that is brilliant. So I just wanted to reiterate that. So you created an ebook with 10 steps of how to become a smarter runner, which is the whole goal of the people who are listening to your podcast. Then your first 10 episodes are going through each of those goals. So I think that's a brilliant way of packaging it all together. Um, and, you know, we always coach our clients on like, you know, what is it your clients need to know before they work with you? What are the, the few steps? And those should be in your first few episodes of your podcast. So I think that was brilliantly done. And then now going back to your audience and asking them, what did they want to learn from this particular guest? Or what did they want to learn from you? Getting your content from the source <laughs> of your perfect audience, I think is brilliant too. And they're not enough podcasters are doing that. So I just wanted to really reiterate um, something that I think that's really contributed probably to the success of your show too. Um, and that's a really great, uh, smart way of doing things. And uh, what is it you think, um, like the structure of your uh, show format, you have um, a little bit of um, uh, an interview like every third show or is it like every other show or is it like once in a while or how do you, how do you have that kind of laid out? Um, the frequency isn't regular. <clears throat> it's mm -hmm. de depending on what guests I reach out to, who wants to come on, what topics. If I already know a lot about a topic, then I'll do a podcast on it already. Mm -hmm. uh, if there's something I don't know a lot about, but runners need to know. So nutrition would be a good one or mm -hmm. sleep or stress would be another one. I'd get a psychologist on. I just had an, um, an, the author of this book called Rebound. Oh, um, cool. I interviewed her a couple of days ago and the episode came out today and that's all about um, psychologically uh, coming up with strategies, coping strategies when dealing with an injury. So mm -hmm. I don't know a lot that's about a that, one. but interviewing someone who does. So there's no regular interview intervals of when mm -hmm. I'd uh, find a, a guest, mm -hmm. but it's just someone that I really like, someone I follow, someone I think mm -hmm. runners could really learn from and that I don't know anything about. And yeah, <laughs> getting them to jump on. I love that. And then you can reach out to someone that you maybe think, I love this what I love about podcasting gives you something to reach out to someone for. Like, yeah. you know, that's a benefit to them, but it also gives you a reason to talk to them, right? Like an author of a book, yeah. right? That seemed maybe like 10 years ago, that might have seemed like out of reach of people we would be talking to, you know, New York best time selling authors or, you know, people that are, you know, really, you know, in on TV or, you know, that, but podcasting gives us that. That, yeah. The uh, other thing I would add as well is um, I also have a couple of other alternatives. So sometimes if I know a bit about a topic, I'll get someone, another host of a running podcast mm -hmm. who does have the same knowledge and we jump mm -hmm. onto one episode and collaborate off each other, get each other, bounce each other's ideas mm -hmm. and have like a few takeaways already written down before and share each other's uh, knowledge. And then we both publish that on each other's podcasts. Mm -hmm. Or I have um, another way of kind of collaborating and it's going onto someone else's running podcast, teaching them all about a running injury and then publishing that episode on my podcast. And um, so that the, the podcast that gets released on mine, they know about this new podcast and that host and it's kind of cross-promoting audiences that mm. way. That's a cool uh, strategy. I like that. Yeah. So that's um, been something I've worked with. And if there's like someone I want to cross, cross promote audiences with, that's uh, a good alternative. If they don't have much to offer, if they're just like um, a runner themselves or a running coach that doesn't know a lot about a specific injury, but mm -hmm. wants to have that information on their podcast, it's a good solution for, for everyone.
win-win. Yeah. And that's a, such a collaborative like mindset too. Like, you know, I think people can look at other podcasts as like, Ooh, competitive. Like there's another podcast out there, same topic, mm. but I love approaching it. Like you were saying when they can collaborative approach, because if you can publish it on your podcast too, that helps them, helps you grows both of your audiences um, and cross pollinates with everything. Right. And I think yeah, that's I say that all the time. I say it's right. not a, it's not a competitive environment because mm-hmm listeners of podcasts, they listen to 10, 15, 20, like I've got 15 podcasts that I listen to and I'm already looking to always listen to another one. I'm not going to swap one out for another. That'd be highly competitive (laughs) if they're going from one to the other, but they want to listen to anything and everything. So Mm -hmm. it is actually promoting and collaborating, which helps grow podcasts. Yeah. And I know, I know the statistics say that people listen to like, you know, quite a few podcasts per week. And I would be curious to know the statistics. I'd like to see them come up with this information. If it's all like, if they get a, people are like listening to all like around a similar kind of topic. And I bet mm. it is because people get kind of obsessive with, you know, hobbies or, you know, sports or things that they're doing where like they want to listen to four running podcasts all, yeah. you know, all the time, right? That would be probably yeah. pretty common. <laughs> I think I listen to about uh, five or six running podcasts and about four physio podcasts. And then the rest is like, um, investing or health <laughs> or something like that. And yeah, so yeah. Any, anything of the a topic that you're passionate about, you just want to be surrounded by it more. Totally. I think I have like five or six online marketing podcasts, <laughs> <laughs> business-related podcasts, parenting podcasts. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Those things, right? I think if you look at people's podcasts, like their the shows that they're subscribed to, it really gives you an insight as what that's important in their life, what's a priority. Right? 100%. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I love that. So Brody, I hear that you are creating something really cool for your audience, your podcast that's going to really help them. Um, gain some more knowledge into being a smarter runner. What can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, so I'm launching a online course for runners who really love the podcast, and it's just another avenue if they want to learn more. And on the podcast is audio format, and so there's limited stuff I can get to and limited stuff I can explain purely just through audio. And so this is uh, an online course with videos as well as audio, but like the visuals um, and just playing around with a lot of different ideas and concepts around making smarter decisions. And with this whole lockdown scenario, I've been, um, I've, have a lot of time <laughs> available at the moment. So I've been spending multiple hours a day just putting together content, 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 and I'm in the pre-launch phase at the moment and we'll be getting people to sign up for early bird specials in the next week or so. Mm-hmm. But uh, at the moment, there's about 12 hours of content on the course and it's just a way just for people to jump on and just learn more. And I will be monetizing that. The business model itself, there will be a free version. There will be like a basic um, monthly package and then there'll be a premium package, which I haven't determined completely just yet. But uh the beta testers are going through absolutely loving it at the moment. It's so much useful, valuable information. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm really excited to bring it to the world. That's awesome. I'd love to check back with you in a few months or later this year about how that is coming. Because what happens, a lot of people in podcasting, they, they start a podcast because they want to build a following. 
Um, and then they want to monetize that following through either an online course or, you know, their own products and services or coaching or something like that. And, um, you know, to see people actually be successful at doing that is really great. So I want to, uh, I want to revisit that. And I yeah, love let's how touch you, base again. yeah, I love how you're building that, um, and going, cause that's a path that a lot of podcasters are wanting to follow too. So I'd love, sure, to, I love, that. love to hear more about your success in that. Um, in a few months from time, it'd be really cool to kind of check back and see how that's going, what your strategy has been from the podcast and growing that membership site and really making it uh, a huge success and seeing your own business grow at the same time. So you had a business first and then the podcast came second. Is that right? Or is it the other way around? Uh, no, the business came first mm-hmm. and uh, it just seemed natural to, to flow into that podcast with that, um, yeah, into the business model really. Yeah, that's awesome. So I love seeing it in that in that order, so that it's like you know you can see that flow, and now it's just like a a nice like f- flow stream of like followers and and then into customers, which is really yeah. super cool. While we're on that topic, I know we're going to finish up soon. I'm not too sure how soon, but I have a bit of more information to to let yes, people know. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, when people are starting a podcast, like an informative podcast. Mm-hmm. Don't, uh, I'd say like my recommendation is just tell everyone what you know. And a lot of my friends that uh, when I was telling them this idea, they're like, why would you tell them everything that you know and leave nothing to your online kind of stuff, like your one-on-one stuff. And what I've learned is if you show, if you tell them all of your knowledge, if they want to find more information, they're going to find it somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So make sure you're that person that you're they're receiving all that information from and you're just doing a mind dump and just... Uh, they know everything that you know and you're teaching them everything that you know. That way when you are, when they're really desperate, they're going to come to you. They're going to come to the person they've learned everything from. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people try this really sneaky, like I'll teach you um, 15% and then you work with Mm -hmm. me and I'll teach you the rest. And it doesn't really work that way because if people learn the 15%, they're going to learn the 85% somewhere else. And you're not going to be that expert, not like that, that person that they're going to go to when they're really desperate and they really need um, some, someone to speak to. So mm-hmm. that would be a really, really good tip for people who are looking to launch a podcast. And if it's an informative type of podcast, mm-hmm. um, yeah, be that first go-to person. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. And not only will like people like seek you out because you've given them so much value, then it's like the law of reciprocity. They want to thank you for that, right? And so they'll seek you out. And um, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, you can find out how to start a podcast anywhere online, a lot of places online, but I think, you know, the more places, the more that value that you can give about all these tips and tricks and all these things I think is amazing because it's just going to help everyone grow faster. And when people are ready to, you know, hire you for helping them become a smarter runner, they're going to come to you because you're the one that's given them all these great tips and advice and, and provided a community to you, right? But come for the knowledge, but stay for the community. That's right. That's <laughs> Sorry. right. Yeah, I love it. Well, Brody, any other last tips and tricks you want to give our, our listeners before we wrap up? And if you had known um, something now, let's see, maybe like, uh, yeah, like if you had you known what you know now, anything like along those lines, mistakes you made or anything? I'd say make mistakes. I'd say mistakes are fine. I would say there's a saying that goes around if um, you're not ashamed by your first couple of episodes and you probably started too late, um, learn, like be okay with mistakes. It's mm-hmm. totally fine. It just shows that you're human and actually p- makes people more related to you. So if you 
are planning on starting a podcast and you're a bit worried that it's not going to be perfect, make sure that it isn't perfect. Make sure that you're starting at a, at the stage where you fumble through it because that's how you learn. And mm. a lot of people can be perfectionists and they want it to be perfect and it just never gets done. So mm. start taking action. And the other, the other tip I'd say is probably just uh, learn as much as you can. Talk to someone who has a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, they'd be more than happy to help you out. And like with microphones or like um, what software they use for audio editing, that kind of stuff. It's just, um, it doesn't take much just to teach someone. So reach out and learn from someone who's done it all before. That'd be my, my next tip. Yeah, I love that advice too. And, you know, it's interesting, you were saying, um, uh, you know, when you're first getting started, like being the expert and just, you know, just going out there and and sharing that information and getting started um, is one thing. So I want to ask you how, as a professional, as an expert in your field, how was that um, for you when you're going out there, like, you know, for us getting going like on podcasts, you know, make mistakes, be vulnerable, that's fine. But then being a professional and what you're talking about on your podcast, what was that like? Uh, in terms of like, did I make mistakes? No, like as far as like, so for me being a, a podcasting coach, I'm conscious about what I'm saying about podcasting. Cause I, you know, I do get paid to coach people in podcasting. So you as a physio, uh, like you're, you're talking about physio things and you're talking about, so you want to, you come across as an expert on your show. So how do you deal with that? Um, being, being seen as the expert with also still being okay with making mistakes and things like that. Yeah, I think, well, first and foremost, when I give advice, Mm -hmm. I always like to say that tailored advice is more um, effective. Mm -hmm. So you need to tailor to the individual. That's where the most effective um, treatments come into it. You're tailoring Mm -hmm. to what exercise equipment they have, what their strength is like, what their abilities are like, what their experience is like, and that's where all that tailored process comes from. So I always say that just to kind of cover all bases, Mm -hmm. but when it comes to delivering the information, it, it usually just comes from um, kind of a generic uh, space and seeing a lot of clients, like if I was to see someone with repetitive calf strains, mm-hmm. I've seen them enough in the clinic to know what regular issues they're having or like where mm-hmm. the common kind of um, issues lie. So I deliver that advice and I make sure that it's like really high quality stuff mm-hmm. and because the quality is what gets people coming back and them mm-hmm. learning more information is what gets them coming back. And it's, I've had someone that like I made a post on ITB friction syndrome, a, a typical exercise. And someone just commented back the other day and said, um, I've had ITB friction syndrome for 10 years and I just learned this exercise two weeks ago and it's making a huge difference. So just having that, just mm-hmm. educating people on that is, uh, worth in itself what the quality and people will come back for that but in terms of uh delivering any misguided information or any mistakes mm-hmm. i'm i always claim that i don't know everything mm-hmm. and i claim that i try to keep updated on the latest research as much as i can i do tons of work on the latest research and if i make a mistake and i learn along the way that's just me growing as a physio and you're going to learn along with me and mm-hmm. um if i make a comment on say nutrition or um, psychological benefits of something and I turn out to be wrong, that's fine. I didn't make a mistake. I'm just learning and I'll um, make that correction as I move forward as a physio. So that's, <laughs> it makes sense to me. 
Yeah, I think that's a great approach to it too, because I think that's one of the things I think that stops a lot of people in their tracks is that fear of having to be a perfect expert and know everything. And, you know, I think that's a good way of putting it that you're learning along the way too. And then like putting it in context for like getting tailored specific one-on-one um, you know, advice is going to be better in the long run, but this yeah. is the general, the, in general, uh, speaking in more general terms. I think with your, your headspace as well, if you mm-hmm. try to be the expert and you um, try to pull off the illusion, and mm-hmm. it's going to come across as a little bit like not genuine. Whereas if you leave a space to be a little bit vulnerable and make mistakes and uh, learn along the way, and you're uh, making it very clear that you're learning along the way, people are going to respect that and they're going to respect how genuine you are and you're going to learn so much more and then you become an expert that way, if that makes any sense. Yeah, totally. No, yeah. that makes a lot of sense. I, I love, I, I kind of live that like kind of way as well too. So I love hearing that you, that's what your, your advice for people who are experts out there um, wanting to do that, I think it's really perfect because you don't need to be that perfect person <laughs> and like you don't have to have all your ums and ahs out. You just need to get started and need to share from your heart and share what you know and know and be vulnerable and grow with grow with your audience too because we can never learn everything. We never know everything. <laughs> so yeah. there's more to learn. <laughs> I think that was one thing that I learned from the first podcast as well is just interviewing people, they don't learn a lot about my personality. And I was just asking questions and I had them written down and I wouldn't show my personality a lot. Mm -hmm. And so people can't relate to that personality if you're just asking questions. Whereas Mm -hmm. with this podcast, when I'm free flowing, talking about a whole conversation, um, some of my stories, some of my past experiences here and there come into and they're learning more about me that way. And it is just being myself and not just putting on like, um, that's where like that kind of imposter syndrome, <laughs> yeah. like, oh, yeah, that sort of stuff. You're yeah. putting on a show and it's, um, it's not giving the audience an opportunity to relate to you. And that's, they're, they're going to, they're going to start listening because they're interested in a topic, but they're going to keep listening if they if they like you and they like your story and mm-hmm. like the backstory and your personality and learning more about you and your hobbies and that kind of stuff. That's what keeps them coming back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. That's perfect. I love it. Thank you so much for, for spending some time with us. Where can we find out more information about you? Obviously, guys, go check out the Smarter, the Run Smarter podcast Got it. Uh, on iTunes. And uh, make sure you give Brody a review over there. And uh, the, everyday, the Everyday Runner as well is still up there. Uh, Everyday Running Legends is still up there, yeah. If you if you want to go to it and you want to listen to some motivating stories, uh, the very, very last episode of the podcast is actually the first episode of the new podcast. So it's just a way to kind of bridge the gap and get people to listen to that. But um, yeah, there's a whole bunch of stories there if you want to listen to some new runners, old runners, fast runners, long runners, all that kind of stuff. And if you want to learn how to run smarter without injuries, definitely the Run Smarter podcast is for Uh, you. And where about, can we find out more information about, you know, seeing you as a physio online? Yeah. So, um, breakthroughrunning.physio is my website. If people are interested to go to there, if you want to learn more about like the posts that I do, because I do post, uh, episodes and I also post like educational stuff and research, running research, that kind of thing. Um, I'm more active on Instagram. So it's just at Brody.sharp. Um, the Facebook group is become a smarter runner. If you want to look at that on Facebook and uh, if you have an injury and want to share it and want to find some answers, then you can go there. Um, 
yeah, I think that's where I'm most active as well as the podcast. So um, you can find me there. Okay, awesome. And that's Brody Sharp with an E at the end of Sharp Guys. So make sure you connect with him there on Instagram as well. Awesome. Well, thanks, Brody, for so much for being with us today. And Amplify You Family, see you again next week. Thanks for being with us today. And until next time, go find your unique genius and amplify it. Thank you, family, for joining us on this adventure. If you're ready to be heard, head over to mypodcastcoach.com where you'll find out all the tools and tips you'll need to launch your podcast today. If you have a show already and you need some help managing it, please head over to managemypodcast.com and the Amplify You team would be happy to help you manage your podcast. Please also head over to iTunes, like, subscribe, or review our show so we can spread this message. And until next time, be your own unique genius.